Hello, and welcome to episode 178 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Anne B. and Rhonda D., the newest members of the Modern Manager community. I hope that you are finding the episode guides and guest bonuses and other resources helpful on your Rockstar Manager journey. If you haven't yet checked out the benefits of membership, I urge you to visit themodernmanager.com to learn more about how becoming a member can support your professional development. Now, today's episode is about executive functioning skills. If you're a longtime listener, you may have heard me mention that I have a daughter with dyslexia. Well, she also has some executive functioning challenges, so I recently started learning more about how to support her. And as I was learning, I realized that as adults, myself included, we actually rely on our executive functioning skills a lot, and we have quite a bit to learn about what these skills are and some strategies to improve the areas that we struggle with. So this is the first of two episodes on executive functioning. Most of what I've learned is from the book Smart But Scattered by Peg Dawson and Richard Guar. This first episode is focused on what executive functioning skills are and how they show up in the workplace, as well as how you can assess yourself and your colleagues in each of the areas. The second episode will be about strategies to improve each area. So as you learn more about your own weaknesses or the areas that a colleague struggles with, you'll be prepared to help support them and have some ideas for how to grow those skills. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. I'm guessing that you've heard the term executive functioning before. I definitely had, but I didn't really understand what it meant. So in short, executive functioning skills are the cognitive processes that are required to focus, plan, act, and regulate ourselves. These are both thinking skills and action skills, and they're mostly driven by the prefrontal cortex in the brain, and that develops throughout childhood and even into our late teens and young adulthood. Basically, if you think of the brain as organizing inputs and outputs, our executive functioning skills help us, and here I'm quoting, take all the data the brain has collected from our sensory organs, muscles, nerve endings, and so forth, and choose how to respond. There are 11 executive functioning skills that we all rely upon as children and adults. Just like any other skill set, we have developed these skills over time, and we all have strengths and weaknesses. Some of our strengths come naturally to us, and when we look back at ourselves as children, we can easily see our inherent tendencies. Other strengths are actually areas that we have struggled with, but learned strategies to compensate for over time. And still, there are other skills that we continue to struggle with today and haven't yet figured out how to address. So here are the 11 executive functioning skills and some questions to reflect on to help you assess your own strengths and weaknesses. As you do this, you can also consider your team members and reflect on their strengths and weaknesses, or encourage them to listen to this episode so they can assess themselves, and then you can talk through the results together. One quick note. For any executive functioning skill, we can act differently under different circumstances. Maybe you dive right into tasks that you're excited for or enjoy doing, but procrastinate when it's a big project or aren't exactly sure how to start. Maybe you are great at remembering what your team members tell you about their personal lives, but are always forgetting what you've agreed to as next steps at the end of a meeting. It's also important to remember that much of what we do as professionals draws upon multiple skills at once, which can either exacerbate our areas of challenge or help us compensate by leveraging our strengths. So it's not always clear why you act differently in different situations. I'll talk more about the context dimension and the interaction between executive functioning skills in our next episode. 
But for now, as you're assessing yourself, just make sure to note when a skill is always easy versus sometimes easy or always hard versus sometimes hard for you. We'll want to explore that deeper later on. So now here are the 11 executive functioning skills. Number one is response inhibition. This is a person's capability for self-control. Are you able to be thoughtful and respond rather than react? Do you say no to your partner when she invites you to watch Netflix at night when you know you've got a big project that you really should work on? Can you concentrate on your work when there's activity happening around you, or do you get sucked into eavesdropping on a conversation happening in the background? People who love working in coffee shops back when that was a real thing often have high response inhibition. The activity and buzz around them doesn't take their focus away from whatever it is that they're working on. They're able to tune out distractions in favor of staying committed to their bigger priority. Next up is working memory. This is your ability to hold on to information that is relevant to your work while you're doing it. For example, when you commit to doing something, do you remember to complete the task? If you agree to a next step after a meeting, do you remember to get it done? This is something that I struggle with, but that I've developed strategies to help myself. It's why I love my to-do list so much. I didn't realize that I struggle with working memory until I saw how much I compensate for it. If I don't write something down on my to-do list, I totally forget about it. I've even started keeping a notebook in my shower. I found waterproof paper and pens that allow me to jot down things that I'm thinking about because if I don't write them down when I'm thinking about them, by the time I sit down at my desk, they're completely gone out of my brain. Working memory is all about retaining that information that's necessary to keep yourself on track and reliable to your colleagues. It's remembering what someone said in a meeting so you can refer back to it or keeping your commitments to send that follow-up email. The third skill is emotional control. While there can be some overlap between response inhibition and emotional control, this one is really about your ability to navigate your own internal emotions in a healthy way. Do your emotions get in the way of you doing your job? Are you able to receive feedback and avoid letting that natural defensiveness take over? Do little things irritate you to the point of interfering with your concentration or damaging your relationships? While working memory is one of my greatest weaknesses, emotional control is actually one of my greatest strengths. You may have heard me joke before that my husband says I'm dead on the inside because I have such minimal emotional response. Even things that should, by all objective accounts, get me riled up just don't. I have a very calm and steady emotional response, and even when I do start to feel my heart beat faster or my nerves kicking in, I'm able to quickly calm them down so I can stay fully present in the moment. That way, I can stay engaged in the conversation or deal with the situation at hand in a really logical, calm manner. Fourth is sustained attention. This is all about sticking with the task or issue even when it gets difficult or tiring. Are you able to work on a big project for multiple hours, or do you need to take a number of breaks in order to keep going? Do you have the stamina to finish something once it's started and find it easier to just get it all done at once, or do you prefer to work in small bite-sized pieces? Do you find yourself multitasking or switching between one thing and then another as you remember more and more things you need to do? That is a challenge with sustained attention, staying on track even when you get bored or tired or have other things that you are starting to think about and that need to get done. The fifth skill is task initiation. This one is about getting started. When you've got things to do, do you procrastinate even when you know you should get started or do you jump in as soon as possible? Do you look at your to-do list and get going on whatever needs to get done or do you find things to do and avoid tasks at almost any cost? Are you generally proactive or do you need lots of prompts and reminders to get going? When I was a child, this was a natural tendency of mine. My parents loved that I'd do all my homework as soon as I was home from school 
or at the very start of a vacation so that I wouldn't have to worry about getting it done later. But as an adult, as tasks became harder and more complicated, this natural desire to get things done was strained. Now there are times when I have to even bribe myself to get started. That's one of the techniques I'll talk about in the next episode as a strategy for compensating in areas that are a challenge. But I share this because while I may have had a natural inclination towards task initiation as a child, it's not foolproof. And you may find that for yourself, when things get hard, your natural tendencies get stretched. Sixth is planning and prioritization. Do you plan out your work into key steps, determining actions and how long they'll likely take so that you can have a reasonable plan for completing a project? Do you prioritize your daily activities so that you know what needs to get done each day? And then, do you stick with your plan? Do you regularly underestimate how long things will take? Do you tackle projects by jumping in with two feet and not taking the time to break them down into discrete steps? Do you make a plan but then get distracted once reality sets in? Planning and prioritization are both about our ability to lay out the steps or the process to get us to the future and then focus on the most important things that need to get done to make that future happen. Seventh is organization. Do you keep your desk tidy? Are you a fan of the saying, a place for everything and everything in its place? Is your digital workspace organized? Is there a clear structure for your folders or tags or do you rely on the search functionality to find anything? Do you keep your digital systems up to date, like your task manager or CRM? What's interesting about organization is that people who have very strong working memory skills can have a very messy workspace, but they know exactly where to find something because they can remember exactly where they left it. For people who have weak working memory skills, like myself, staying organized and keeping my physical space neat and tidy is actually really important for my ability to find things because I can't rely on my memory to remind me where I left something. This is just an example of where different executive functioning skills can interact and therefore either support or hinder each other. Up next, number nine is goal-directed persistence. This is all about your ability to set goals and then work towards them. Are you driven to achieve? Will you give up on short-term or immediate pleasures in order to gain some long-term benefit? Basically, delayed gratification. Do you set high expectations for yourself and then follow through on them? This again is one that I struggle with. While I totally believe in the importance of goals, I am not so great at sticking with them once I get going. I may shift toward a better goal. And this is actually part of the next skill, which I overuse. Because like any skill, a weakness or a challenge isn't just when we struggle with it, sometimes when we overuse it. And that next skill is flexibility. This is my overuse skill. Flexibility is your ability to take things in stride, shift and pivot as needed. Do you adjust quickly to changes in priorities or new information or altered plans? Or do you get flustered when things change at the last minute or when something interrupts your plans? I am highly flexible to the point where I'm willing to change my goals whenever it seems like there's a better goal to work towards, which honestly can make it difficult to achieve any goal, hence struggling with goal-directed persistence. So in this situation, two executive functioning skills are exacerbating the problem rather than helping to compensate for one another. And lastly, number 11 is metacognition. This is about seeing the big picture. Do you read a situation and are then able to adjust your behavior accordingly? Do you take time to reflect on your behavior or performance regularly? For example, doing a weekly review of what worked well last week that you should keep doing or what didn't work that you wanna change. Are you able to step back from a situation and look at it objectively? Or do you get swept up in a situation? 
Metacognition is really critical for being able to see ourselves within a larger context, whether that be when planning across a long timeline or working across multiple teams or projects. Now, as I mentioned at the start, we all have natural strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes we overuse our strengths so that they become weaknesses, like I do with flexibility. And sometimes we've developed habits or strategies to help us shore up the areas that we struggle with, like I do with my to-do lists. And sometimes even our strengths are stretched to the limits when we're pushed. Lastly, sometimes we act differently when the situation relies on multiple skills, which either positively reinforce each other or become negatively compounding. And of course, the environment as well as our own motivation can also impact our behavior. All of that is to say that executive functioning skills are complicated and messy, but they're also really necessary in order to be effective in the workplace. And that's why it's worthwhile for us to spend time thinking through each of these 11 skills to determine if it's something that we truly have as a strength, whether that's natural or through growth and practice, or is something that we often struggle with. This knowledge will then help us do a few things. First, it will help us just be more aware of the areas that we may want to invest in developing for ourselves so that we can improve our own performance. And second, it can help us see where we may have friction with our colleagues. For example, if I am strong at task initiation, I may get annoyed at a colleague who always waits until the last minute. Or if I love my work plans, I may be impatient with a colleague who can't seem to break down a project into those key milestones and activities without me hand-holding them through it. On the other hand, maybe I struggle with prioritization, and that makes it hard for my colleagues to prioritize their work. Or maybe I'm always running late and missing deadlines because I have a hard time calculating how long things are really going to take. And that's always setting up my colleagues for failure and being behind schedule for their own work. So as a next step, take a few minutes to think about yourself and your team members. Then have that list ready so that when we get to part two, and I talk about strategies for improving each of these 11 executive functioning skills, you'll be ready to figure out how to work better with your team members and how you want to help yourself. The full guide to today's episode includes an overview of these 11 executive functioning skills, how they interact, and natural groupings that compound. And of course, questions for reflection to help you assess yourself and your colleagues. To get the full guide, along with dozens of other episode guides and guest bonuses, join the Modern Manager community by visiting themodernmanager.com slash join. If you want just this episode guide, you can purchase it and any other individual full guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. The free mini guide for today's episode is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. And it's in your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can get onto by subscribing at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.